Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, this is Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program, Christmas morning, there will be a lot of unwrapping of smartphones, tablets, and other devices, all with internet access. And many of those gadgets will go to children's and teens. So we'll talk about how to keep them safe while they're online. Plus, he's one of the world's most lovable, huggable dudes that hangs out with elves and reindeers. And he's excited to be back out and about. When you look at the book, you write ho, ho, ho. That's a laugh. That's how you write a laugh. But your laugh should be natural. (laughs) It should come from you. It should (laughs) What makes you you? <laughs> I'll chat with Santa D, the real black Santa Claus. And it's not Christmas in Atlanta without the stylish voicing of the one and only H. Johnson. Later that night, Scrooge was awoken by the sound of the clock and the arrival of the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? <laughs> Yes, it's a great show today. All that's ahead, but first this, and let's take a look at the weather. A wind chill watch remains in effect from to, from late Thursday night through Saturday morning. So brace yourselves. Temperatures are expected to rapidly begin dropping into the teens and 20s behind that Arctic front late, late Thursday night into Friday. Now, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp says a state of emergency will be drafted and issued today through Monday. Wind chills will be near zero or in the negative digits by midday on Friday. Temperatures, as we know, likely won't reach 40 degrees across Georgia until Monday afternoon. Communities across the state are about to see temperatures that they haven't experienced in a decade or more. And we just want to urge all Georgians to be ready, and certainly that goes for our teams, and we are working on that as we speak. And again, for those out doing some late-minute shopping, bundle up. Lowe's Saturday morning will range from the single digits to mid-teens across much of North and Central Georgia. In other news, Georgia Power's rates will go up next year. That's after an agreement was approved yesterday by the utility giant and state regulators. Emily Jones has the details. Under the plan, power rates will go up by less than the company asked for next year. But Georgia Power will still collect nearly $2 billion from customers over the next three years. Public Service Commissioner Bubba McDonald was the only one to vote against the plan. He objected to the amount of profit that Georgia Power is now set to make. That's uh, significant about uh, revenues that the company will get that rate fans will be paying. Starting in January, rates for a typical customer will go up by about $3.60 a month. But that's just the first of many bill increases on the way. Under this deal, rates will go up by more in 2024 and again in 2025. Further increases will kick in when each of the new nuclear units at Plant Vogel come online. And another rate hike is expected next year to cover rising fuel costs. Emily Jones, WABE News. The University System of Georgia is banning the use of TikTok, WeChat and Telegram on computers and phones owned by any of its 26 universities and colleges. As we hear from Christopher Austin, the system is following the lead of Republican Governor Brian Kemp, who announced a ban on state government computers last week over cybersecurity concerns. Students, faculty and staff can still access the sites on their own computers and phones under certain conditions. At least 20 public Georgia universities and four-year colleges appear to have TikTok accounts, although some have never posted. Congress is moving to ban TikTok from most U.S. government devices under a spending bill unveiled Tuesday. A spokesperson for TikTok called the bans a political gesture that is not needed to protect national security because TikTok is developing its own data privacy plans for the U.S. Christopher Alston, WABE News. 
There is a lot of junk piled in the ocean off of Georgia's coast, including, get this, sunken World War II cargo ships and New York City subway cars. But don't fret, they're there on purpose. We're going to revisit this story from Molly Samuel, who told us about a project to map Georgia's artificial reefs. Most of the ocean floor near Georgia is made up of sand and not much else. By and large, you might think about it as a vast sandy desert. Clark Alexander is a coastal geologist and director of UGA's Skidaway Institute of Oceanography. He says in some spots there are rocky outcrops, and those are places where coral and sponges live, which attract crustaceans and all kinds of fish all the way up the food chain. Oases in the middle of the desert. About 50 years ago, Georgia started creating more of these oases by dumping stuff in the ocean. What we call materials of opportunity, they're things that are donated to us or provided at a very low cost to us. Cameron Brinton is a marine biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. He says the stuff they dump to make reefs has to be big and heavy enough to stay on the bottom and clean enough to not pollute the environment. So we've got surplus military equipment like uh, M60 battle tanks. There's pieces of old bridges. Concrete culverts. Uh, is, is a very popular one because it has a nice cavity for the fish to take shelter in. There's even the propeller and the rudder from the Golden Ray, the cargo ship that wrecked near Brunswick a few years ago. But after 50 years, it wasn't clear exactly where all this stuff was. So the Skidaway Institute recently worked with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources to make a map of it all. It gives divers and anglers more specific locations and makes sure there's enough water covering it all so that it doesn't pose a risk to ships passing over it. Britain says strong storms had caused some things to shift around. And Alexander says the study opened up more questions for him about why Georgia's ocean floor looks the way it does. There's still more to be learned. This stage of the project is done for now, but there are more artificial reefs further offshore that they're hoping to map eventually. Molly Samuel, WABE News. Finally, today is a big day for many of the nation's top high school football players. It's National Signing Day. That means top prospects will formally sign National Letters Intent, snag an athletic scholarship, and pose with the coaches and the family. Georgia Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart today talked about the type of players that fit into the Dogs program. I'm really fired up about this group. They are um, high character, and the, the one thing that in the coaching business you better value now more than ever is high character, tough, hard-nosed football players that are coming here with an understanding that they're committed to excellence in terms of classroom, competitiveness, toughness, uh, loving football, and these guys uh, understand that. Signing day lasts through Friday during what's known as the early signing period. Quite a moment for these athletes. This is Closer Look, and we're back in a moment. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Close Look continues now from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. I don't know about you all, but I remember getting an electronic football game for Christmas, and I thought I had hit the jackpot. That was so cool. It was awesome. Now, listen, let's be really clear. Most kids want something that has all these gadgets and bells and whistles and that connect to the Internet. That's okay, because Christmas morning there will be a lot of unwrapping of smartphones, tablets, and all these other devices, and many of them, yes, will connect, of course, to the Internet. Let's face it, Generation Z, teens, and even the littlest of the bunch, almost all children under 12 are now Internet users. Brace yourself for this. According to data gathered by research, the research organization Common Sense Media, on average, kids between the ages of 8 and 12, hold on, spend 5 hours and 33 minutes online a day. Wow. And teens between 13 and 18 spend eight hours and 39 minutes online a day. 
My goodness, y'all go outside and play. With children spending more time online, that means their safety is a priority. So, and we have to talk about this because according to a recent report published by the World Health Organization, children are at risk of online violence, such as cyberbullying, cyberstalking, hacking, identity theft, child sexual abuse, including grooming and sexual image abuse, and so much more. So recently, right here in Metro Atlanta, there was an 11-year-old girl who has now been found safe, left her home and met up with what authorities say was a 22-year-old man who her family says she met online. At one point, her family believed the little girl and the man were headed to Texas, and authorities believe the girl was a victim of human trafficking. Angie Boy is a child protection expert and the program manager of Children's Health Care of Atlanta's Stephanie V. Blank Center for Safety and Healthy Children. She joins me now so we can talk all about this, how to protect your kids online. Angie, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me. So when you hear that more and more of our kids and teens are spending, you know, online, which is that's what they do. And some adults do that. But let's begin here for our listeners who really may not understand that there are some serious threats out here for for children and teens uh, by just simply being online if they're playing games or watching whatever. Yeah, it really the Internet serves as a vast conduit to perpetrators. They know how to look for vulnerable kids. So they're on the platforms. They're on gaming platforms. They're on Snapchat. They're on TikTok. They're on YouTube, trolling the comments sections, looking for kids who may be online at all hours of the day and night, and they may be making comments that make it look like they're lonely, or they may be, you know, indicating that their parents don't understand them, or they don't have any friends, and the perpetrators know how to respond to those comments and to reach out and to, you know, fake a friendship, really, is what it is. They can pretend that they are another 11-year-old girl. They can pretend they're a 14-year-old boy. When really, you know, in the like the case of the Clayton County girl, mm-hmm. they're a 22-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they know how to do that. And so it's important for parents to know where their kids are going online, what they're doing, who they're interacting with, and put some boundaries in place before you let your child use devices. And, and Angie, those uh, dangers that you just talked about, and listen, so many of these toys come with internet access and, and these gadgets, and, and you want, and kids should be able to enjoy playing a game. Are there some behaviors parents should look out for in their child if, if the child is maybe being a victim of some type of online abuse or being enticed to do something? Are there signs that you all have come up with that parents should be on the lookout for? There are some things you want to watch for. Uh, you definitely want to sort of check where they're going. So, you you know, if they're playing uh, uh, Minecraft or Fortnite, Roblox, um, using a VR headset, you make them disconnect it so you can hear what's going on in the game. You can hear who they're talking to. If they are using apps like Snapchat or um, Instagram, you're following them, Mm -hmm. you are following their friends. So you can kind of see what's going on. When they're using the devices, you want to make sure that it's in a public area of the house. So the living room, the dining room, they're not off in their room for hours on end Mm -hmm. without somebody checking in on them. And then if every time you come around, they turn the screen face down or they Mm -hmm. close the laptop or, you know, looks like they're trying to hide what they're doing or where they are, that's suspicious. You Mm -hmm. want to just kind of see, Hey, what are you doing? Tell me about, you know, what you're finding online. What are the latest, you know, TikTok dances or whatever. You really want to show an interest Mm -hmm. in what they're doing. So you have some sort of awareness of where they're going and who they're talking to. And with the games that the kids play online nowadays, you're able to play against somebody in another state, another country, even Um, Mm -hmm. can can parents, is there a way for parents to check and see or review the chat? Now, some will say, well, that's an invasion of privacy, but if we're talking about, you know, someone 12 and under, you know, I have nieces and nephews who are very young. They play these games and they're playing folks that, you know, halfway around the world. Uh, What can parents do? Should they check and see what, you know, what, if folks are sending messages? Yes, you should definitely be checking chat functions. You can um, turn off the chat feature um, and to where they can't do the chat. You can also 
really talk to them about the boundaries. You can only connect and chat with people you know in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, that way, if they're wanting to chat with classmates, they're wanting to play against friends, they can do that. But then they know to come and tell you if somebody approaches them in one of these games that is somebody they don't know. Mm-hmm. Because then, as the parent, you can put a stop to that. You can contact the maker of the game um, through their help centers and block mm-hmm. people that are um, not appropriate for your child to be talking to. So you definitely do want to invade their privacy, for lack of a better phrase, to really check up on what they're doing. And Angie, for the the little ones, and even for some of the teens, uh, what conversation should parents have, at least you all suggest, that parents have with their children so so that they're on the lookout? You know, perhaps there's some some words or, or, or some type of conversation that another individual is trying to entice them to get into what what should parents say to their kids well you definitely want to make sure that they feel comfortable coming to you with any kind of behavior you know let them know that if somebody approaches them online to please come and tell us and we won't get angry at you kids need to know that they're not going to get in trouble if they report something has happened you know you want to tell them If somebody asks you for pictures, if they ask you for where you live, you know, your full name, any kind of identifying information that doesn't get shared. Mm -hmm. You don't tell people that information online. You don't put it in a profile. If you're building an Instagram profile, um, you want to be careful about the hashtags you use for kids that are older. Make sure that those aren't identifiable. So you want to really talk to them about not sharing personal information. Mm -hmm. And really with the younger kids in particular, reminding them that people on the internet are strangers, Mm -hmm. that even though you've talked to them multiple times, they're still a stranger because you've never met them in person. You've never seen them in real life, not over a video screen, in real life. You don't know that they are who they say they are. So just really pushing home that reminder that people on the internet are strangers and we don't share information with strangers without mom and dad's permission. Mm. And also I know on some of the, the phones, I believe on, on iPhone that you can, you know, people can locate you, if you in your settings. People can find out where you are. And if someone has your information, your number, they can find out where your exact location. You're telling parents they should definitely turn that off. And I know some parents yes. want to know where their kids are. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, you're between a rock and a hard place here. But you can go through on a phone and turn off location settings by app. So I have my location settings turned on for my weather apps for find my iPhone, you know, the location necessary apps, Okay. but turn off location settings for uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those that are interactive, turn location services off. It doesn't matter that, you know, 15% off coupon you might get if you automatically check in at a store isn't worth Mm -hmm. the dangers. And turning location services off also then turns it off on your phone, on your photos. So nobody can take a screen capture and grab your photo and get location data off your photo. That's another one. That's a good information. And Angie, I have a a question from a listener who says, what do you do? What should one do if you suspect that someone is trying to entice your child? You you know, it could be, it could, now I'm I'm adding this part. I mean, you call the police, do you you call FBI? Yes. Call, start with your local police. Um, If you're concerned, keep copies of any communication that your child may have received and reach out to your local police. Most police departments, particularly in the metro Atlanta area, have um, detectives in either their Crimes Against Children unit or they have internet Crimes Against Children uh, programs and they can provide good guidance and then may need to escalate it up uh, depending on where the messaging is coming from. They can then connect to other law enforcement resources if necessary. And also I know that there are browsers and search engines just for kids that are kids safe and that you can actually put that on. If your child has his or her own laptop, you can actually make sure that that's the only search engine that they use because it filters out any appropriate 
content? You can do that. Um, you can put um, browser protections on computers and on phones. Um, the limit to that, though, becomes if they're needing to do research for school or things like that, it may sometimes get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but you can also use these programs and use functions like um, Bark and Web Watcher and NetNanny um, to help because it can then send you messages about hmm. potential inappropriate content. So you can get a notification that maybe you want to go check this. And the nice thing is it can also check for certain phrases that may indicate some mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. So it may not just be safety, but it could be cyberbullying or suicidal ideation or things like that. Is there an age where you think that parents feel like maybe they think their child, their teen is old, old enough? But as you and I have both know, it's been in the news, even teens and even young adults who have been cyberbullied and the outcome has mm-hmm. been tragic. So this information is for everyone, but especially in this day and age where it's a lot of these platforms are under fire for not doing enough through your mm-hmm. lens your own opinion is there more that, that they can be doing whether it's the the game the gaming companies or the social media platforms i think there's always more that can be done i think the problem is there are always ways around it and so that's the concern and that's where it really then becomes important that parents are really working and paying attention and that they really recognize their child's maturity level. And experts recommend waiting until middle school for a child to get a phone. Hmm. Um, you know, unless they're extenuating circumstances, you know, maybe they're coming home from school on the bus and need a mm-hmm. phone, but they don't need a smartphone. You can get a dumb phone for them. and, and Get one can, like you get, your, you get your great auntie, the, the jitterbug. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, that I've told my daughter, she's nine and a half. When she gets a phone, it will be a dumb phone, not a smartphone. Uh, And then really waiting until eighth grade to get them a smartphone and waiting until 16 for social media. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that between the changes that the platforms make and, you know, parents really setting those boundaries and and sticking to them uh, is how we're going to best protect our kids. And Angie, as we wrap up, what do you want parents and caretakers to know about setting a, what you all consider a a healthy digital behavior in your household, not just for your teens and young ones, because they follow what we do too, but for everyone in terms of safety and security online? One of the things that we see that works really well is to come up with a contract that everybody in the home uh, agrees to and signs off on. And you revisit it every couple of months as kids mature, but it talks about where phones are going to be used, when they're going to be used, how we're going to respect each other. So we're not always going to be on our phones, uh, but then talk about what are the consequences for, you know, doing something online that you shouldn't be doing, whether it's cyberbullying or accessing inappropriate content, and then, you know, what those consequences are going to be. And then everybody signs it. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you can kind of pull out the contract and say, hey, this is what we all agreed to. Those numbers I I talked about coming into this segment where 13 to 18 year olds spend eight hours and 39 minutes online a day. And and that's not including school time. Uh, Wow. Yes. Yeah. And eight, eight year olds and 12 year olds, five hours and 33 minutes online a day. Mm hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's it's where our kids are spending their time without a doubt. All right, Angie Boy, a child Angie Boy, a child protection expert and the program manager of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta's Stephanie V. Blank Center for Safe and Healthy Children. Good information, Angie. Thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate it. Really good information for everyone out there. Great. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too.
Come on through, Jackson. And Close Look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. The holiday season is upon us, and I personally have been good all year, so I better be on the nice list. As for my team, well, they're on their own. At this time of year, our next guest is always super busy making all spirits bright. I'm talking about the real Black Santa, a.k.a. Santa D. He's a regular on our program. Welcome back, Santa D. Good to see you. How you doing, Ms. Rose? I'm always glad to be on your show. I'm loving it, loving it. Listen, this is the time of year where you, the Santa brand is busy the last couple of years with COVID and everything. I want to ask, how you doing this year? How you feeling? Well, I tell you what, you have been my inspiration this past year. Uh, I listened to your bro- the broadcast that we did last season, and it was kind of depressing. And so mm-hmm. it inspired me to, uh, one, make sure that I was COVID uh, safe. I got my vaccinations, all the things behind it. Uh, my team does the same, has the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening, literally listening to your your that broadcast from last year, and we are on fire this year. Well, you weren't feeling well, and that wasn't your fault. You know, you couldn't be out. You know, listen. and we found out we found out what all the problems were. Yeah, uh, we found out it uh, the 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 GERD or acid reflux. Uh, we've got that under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still got issues with our, our back and, and health, but we're doing well. Yeah, the season has gotten so started so early that it scared me. I started working in October. Really? Were these in-person appearances? In-person per- in visits. I haven't done virtual. This is my first virtual visit this season. Wow. So you... We are, we are back to working uh, full tilt. Uh, we just had our own uh, photo mini Santa session where we had uh, everyone got an opportunity to come and visit with Santa. How did it feel to be back in person you know, the, obviously with COVID and everything, did you did you get a little emotional when you walked in and, and everyone like Santa? <laughs> to be to tell the truth, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, there were a couple of times where uh, Santa had to literally turn, take the gloves, wipe the tears out of my eyes because uh, I had kids that I hadn't seen in two years. Mm. Uh, that uh, a young man out in Augusta, Xavier, he uh, autistic young man. I, and he and I had a bond and uh, we got to see each other again this year. Uh, so many kids that I've watched grow up mm-hmm. and miss for two years. And uh, man, it's just been like awesome. Awesome. Now, are you pacing yourself? Because, you know, I, I know you're excited to get back <laughs> out there, but I need for you to pace yourself, Santa D. Well, I, I don't know about pacing. <laughs> uh, the weekends are all booked. Uh, if I could get the weekdays to book up as well, I'd do it. Uh, it doesn't make it, it for me right now. It's back to, to doing what I love to do, uh, seeing the kids and making them smile. So it, 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 it's, 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 it's on pace for me. <laughs> At any point as you were, you know, going through your recovery and I, and I, and I want to ask this cause I just want folks to understand how you're passionate about this. At any point, did you think maybe it's time for Santa D to retire no. And let the other Santas, you know. No, no. Uh, it's only been 22 years. Uh, I'm still a relatively young man. I, I, I'm i hoping to do this late into my uh, 90s, uh, which gives me another 40 years to go. Uh, I've only seen two generations of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see at least five generations where yeah. the kids that the kids are their kids are not bringing their kids to me. Uh, like I said, I've only seen two generations. Uh, and I'd like to see a whole lot more. I'd like to see a whole lot more. Now, the last time we talked, you you gave out this incredible beard, this whole beard washing, cold washing procedure. Wow. And folks email me like, I want to hear that again. I'm like, well, I, and I had to go back and listen. You have a whole thing to keep your beard all shiny and fluffy, and it was it was it was better than my locks. <laughs> you got a whole well, thing working. And if you look now, we've done something that we hadn't done before. Got the handlebars going. This yeah. Year. Uh, <laughs> which was makes it makes life so much easier because even when I'm I'm not smiling, it looks like I'm smiling, and I love them. I, I've I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, kudos about the handlebars. But listen, all they have to do if they want to follow us, I, I I'm giving 
uh, classes. We do a we have a, a page on Facebook called the Majestic Beardsman. Ah. Uh, yeah, so they can always come online and on Facebook, look for the Majestic Beardsman. We give out tips. Uh, not just myself, but everyone that's on there. We, it's a, it's about helping each other get where we need to be. And also, if they're in the, if they're into just listening to Santa's, uh, Santa's of Color Correlation, mm-hmm. uh, we've got that going on Facebook. They can come and they can learn some tri- tricks in the trade there too. For that, the Santa who's listening, I think there is one. Uh, this Santa is making their first. This is their first year as Santa. What advice are you giving them? Ah. Uh, Depends on what they're doing because yeah. it, it, it's it's tricky. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting in the mall, uh, you have to follow the rules of the company you're working for. Sure. Uh, if you're doing this like I do uh, on your own and you're you're making your own decisions, you're your own boss, and uh, you have to figure out where the next gig's coming from, join a couple of groups out there. There are, there are plenty of groups on Facebook that will help you. Uh, if not, reach out to me. I, I, mm-hmm. Info at therealblacksanta.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Santa D. Sinclair, yeah. or just the, uh, therealblacksanta.com. Uh, any social media. I'm on so, all social media as therealblacksanta.com. So how, just, how much have you changed from that first year to now, <laughs> decades later? <laughs> you know? Uh, what? <laughs> I've learned a few tricks of the trade. Actually, i tell you the biggest thing that has happened. Uh, I'm also... Uh, a friend of mine has a Santa school, and uh, he travels around the country. Uh, his name is Tim, Santa Tim Conahan, mm-hmm. and I'm also a part of the program with him. I, I help train. I just got my doctorate in Santa Clausology, uh, so so we're I'm 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 trying to show everybody how to do this as well. And what I've seen that has really really impressed me is that when I started, I literally could count on my hand uh, around the country how many black Santas there were, mm-hmm. and that's one hand. Uh, I have a group now that's got over 40, 43 Santas, and there are so many more mm-hmm. uh, black or African-American Santa or Santas of color. Mm-hmm. Not, there's a couple of uh, Santas of Spanish, sub, a couple of ASL Santas. There's a lot There's a lot of changes, a lot of diverse changes in the industry. And Santa D, talk about, for folks who may not quite understand that, but that is important. To have representation, Santa can look like all of us. Listen, we're, it, it is... It is the best thing to have representation. As a young child, uh, when you see someone of your color, your race, your ethnicity, uh, it makes your heart swell. Because uh, again, like like so many of us, when we hear, you know, that this was this developed by an African American, you know, our pride swells. We're, mm-hmm. we're happy about it. So the same goes with with all kids. You see a Santa of your color, or better yet, I mean, if you're, uh, uh, I I just help a Santa that is uh, completely, he and his wife both are completely non-hearing. They're both there, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just gotten into to the industry. Wow! And I do uh, a documentary. We helped him get started, and man. I'm waiting to see how his season go. I'm waiting wow. to hear it because he's he's got a, a totally he's got a perfect niche. Yeah. Nobody can take that from him. Yeah. So and then now you have kids that see a standard that can sign and and say more than Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know? uh, so that's a good thing. It's really a good thing. Now, do you teach the laugh? Do you teach that, or is it just something you just have to develop? You know, can you teach the laugh? Can you really teach the Santa laugh? Well, here's, here's, here's what I say. I don't do, most folks do, ho, 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 and that's really good. Uh, but I actually, my laugh is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> because that's me. That's my laugh. What folks have been doing, and, and I, I hope somewhere along the line people change this. You hear people going, ho, ho, ho. The reason they say ho 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 is because that's how you write a laugh. Ah, that when you look at the book, you write ho ho ho. That's a laugh. That's how you write a laugh. Yeah. But your laugh should be natural. <laughs> it should come from you. It should. <laughs> what makes you you? <laughs> there you go. That is- <laughs> See how it just flows naturally. Yeah, that it's- is great. Uh, how. <laughs> Before we wrap up, how important has it been, though, for you to 
be able to get back out there and, and with the health issues, you know, you've got to hold on and we're still in a pandemic, but also some things have changed, you know, um, because we're still dealing with COVID and some things, but just to be back out there, sanity and, and, you know, be around not just the little ones, but the big ones like me. Oh, I, I tell you what, I, I look forward to this season. Uh, I'm hoping with all the things that we're doing that I can make this an annual program, mm -hmm. not just at in December, not just November and December, but all year round. I, I always say it, and, I, and I'm going to say it again with you. I think the meanest, nastiest person you know, they're a little nicer at Christmas. Mm -hmm. I, again, am a faith-based Santa, so I believe that the reason for the season is Christ. Mm -hmm. oh, and so so you know that, Miss Rose, we've got a book coming out, Teach the Children the True oh. Meaning of Christmas. Okay. It's a coloring book and a read-along for the kids. So we've got that. Again, because I'm faith-based, I'm, I'm serious about what I do. I think that because Christ is the center of this, people become a little nicer during this time of year. And I feel like- Well, we they, can, they should. They should be nice year-round, but you know, that's- They should. Cool. <laughs> and, and, that, and so that's what I would love to see. I would love to see Christmas all year-round so that folks are nicer all year-round, so that we don't have uh, the killings, the shootings that we're seeing that's mm -hmm. happening in our neighborhoods, so that we don't see all the, the hatred that we have coming up uh, throughout our neighborhood. I, I just love to see more of the holiday spirit from everybody. Now, does Santa D have a list of items he would like or? Oh, goodness. You know, like, do you want a, a, a Falcons jersey? I don't know what you want, Santa D. We got you. I'm a New York Giants fan. I, I, am oh. a, I am a Santa for the Falcons, but I am a New York Giants fan. Santa D of Atlanta is a New York Giants <laughs> fan. Y'all having a pretty decent year. Listen. <laughs> Hey, New York Giants, I love them. I think they're doing a great job. They're following the, behind the coach, and they're they're inspiring. They're they're picking themselves up, and they're doing what they need to do. Uh, but if I if I had my choice, uh, a little red truck, and I don't mean a little red truck. I mean one that I can get in and drive along when I'm not saying You want an F-150? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm a Nissan Titan man myself. Okay. But a, a nice, big Duly Nissan Titan with the red uh, red uh, letterings all over it, uh, saying the real Black Santa's coming. <laughs> they want, and listen, if Nissan wants Santa to back their their product, here I you go. See, I tell you now the brand, boy. I tell you, never fails. You talking about the spirit of the season, and, boy? You yeah, but you know, <laughs> branding is important. <laughs> the real Black Santa will help out. Listen, <laughs> Nissan, call me up. I got you, Miss Rose. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, listen, I, 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 a couple of your uh, your staff has actually come by and seen Santa. I know. They told me you are a big hit. You, let me tell you something. I can name four people that have come into this building that folks lost their minds about. One was Bootsy Collins. Oh, I love Bootsy. Ice T. <laughs> really? Yes. Folks were lined up for Ice T. Pam Greer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And Santa D. <laughs> well, <laughs> those those four people right there? I may, it may, and, and folks got a little excited about uh, Vicki Lawrence, too. But y'all four? You, Pam Greer, Ice-T, and Bootsy Collins, folks? I think lost... we need to do the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to do a show with Santa D, Pam Greer, Bootsy Collins, and Ice-T. That is one heck of a show. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a blast, I promise you. <laughs> the real black Santa. Santa D, thank you so Ms. much Rose. as always, joining me oh, every man. year. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, I look forward to again next year. And listen, we're, I'm hoping we're doing some stuff for Christmas in July. So reach out to us. I'd uh, love to be able to come out and, and, and do some things with you during the holiday. I got also. you. And I'm going to check you out this month. I'm going to surprise you. You will. I'll, <laughs> listen, I look forward to it. It's been a while since we've seen each other in person. All right. Take care, Sanity. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh. Was the night before Christmas and all through the Hold it now. Wait. Hold it. That's played out. Hit it. Don't you know?
you give me all that jive about things you wrote before I was alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about. And now y'all knew at some point we hit up Curtis Blow's Christmas rap. I hear pop legend. Closer look continues from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Real Scott. Here in Atlanta, what is the holiday season without hearing a holiday classic from another legend? It's old. It's a favorite. It's a Christmas carol told by the one and only WABE's H. Johnson in classic H. Johnson style. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. This must be distinctly understood or nothing wonderful can come of the story I'm going to relate to you. Ebenezer Scrooge was a tight-fisted man. He's squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, like my grandfather. I am abroad collecting loans that will be overdue by year's end. Once upon a time on Christmas Eve, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. On Christmas Eve? He left the door open to keep an eye on his clerk, whom he didn't trust. Obviously, Bob Cratchit, who sat at his desk copying letters and trying to keep warm by the fire of a single lump of coal. A single lump of coal. Oh my goodness. At closing time, Cratchit approached old Scrooge timidly, reminding him that tomorrow was Christmas. You'll want all day tomorrow, I suppose, said Scrooge. If that's all right, sir, replied the clerk. It's only once a year, sir. For excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Christmas. Bah, humbug. Just another excuse for a day's wages and no work. Scrooge glared at Cratchit. Fine, but see that you're in early on the 26th. That's the day after Christmas, you know. I will, sir, said Bob Cratchit. Merry Christmas, sir. Humbug, said Scrooge, as usual. If I had my will, every idiot that goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips would be boiled in his own pudding. And buried with a stake of holly through his heart, he should. Scrooge lived in an old apartment which had once belonged to his deceased partner. I'd be deceased too, living with Scrooge. Jacob Marley was his partner. The place was gloomy and fit the old miser like a glove. But as Scrooge lay down to bed, he was disturbed by the sound of chains rattling. Scrooge! It was the ghost of his old partner, Jacob Marley. Marley, what do you want with me, said Scrooge. The ghost of Marley rattled his chains at Scrooge, who covered his ears at their terrible noise. Why do you trouble me? I've come to warn you, Ebenezer Scrooge, shouted Marley. I wear the chains I forged in life. I made them link by link and yard by yard. Your chains were as long as mine when I passed on seven years ago. Imagine how long and heavy they are now. Now, Jacob, speak comfort to me, old friend. I have none to give. Marley, said Scrooge, why do you appear before me now? He told Scrooge that tonight he would be visited by three ghosts. It was more than Scrooge could bear, and he begged the spirit, leave me, haunt me no longer. For Pete's sake, without their visit, said Marley, you cannot hope to shun the path I've tread. Expect the first when the bell tolls one and with that found himself in his own bedroom where he sank into a heavy sleep if he'd been drinking. Later that night, Scrooge was awoken by the sound of the clock and the arrival of the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. What brings you? Your welfare. The spirit showed Scrooge a vision of his younger years at the side of his young love, Isabel. She was a looker. He wrenched as he told his younger self that she feared that he was replacing his love for her with love for money. Another idol has displaced me. What idol do you mean? A golden one. He replaced Isabel with money? Scrooge was a Scrooge. And as this love for wealth grew, Isabel saw his nobler aspects fall away. I release you, Ebenezer. I'm not asking for your release. Well, I'm giving it to you. You've already chosen what matters most to you. May you be happy with it. 
The memory of a lost true love was too much for Scrooge, and he begged to be returned to his home in his bed, and poof, there he was. When he opened his eyes, he was back home. He looks around and convinces himself it was just a dream, like a blues singer. It was a dream last night. So he goes back to bed, and yeah, you know what's going to happen. The clock tolls again. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Scrooge wakes up in time to greet his second ghostly visitor. I am the ghost of Christmas present. That's bad news for Scrooge. The spirit whisks Scrooge away to the humble home of his clerk, Bob Cratchit. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. His threadbare clothes donned up and his son, Tiny Tim, on his shoulder. Tiny Tim walked with the aid of a small crutch and his limbs were supported by an iron frame. And you know, seeing his family, he asked the ghost if the boy would live. I see a vacant chair and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. That is, if things don't change. Scrooge hung his head and he knew that with Bob Cratchit's meager wages, that he was partly to blame for this family's situation. Scrooge drifted away back and into his own bed, eventually to fall into a deep slumber. But just like Marley said, the clock struck and Scrooge was awoken by the third ghost. And this one was actually kind of scary. It rose up out of the ground and walked towards him with a big black hooded robe. You know black is dangerous. Scrooge asked, are you the ghost of Christmas yet to come? The ghost didn't answer, but pointed downward with his hand to the image of a cemetery blanketed in fog. There among the grave sites was the stone of a neglected grave with his own name. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, no spirit, no, no spirit. And this, I'm telling you, really freaked Scrooge out. Oh, tell me, every sponge away the writing on this stone. Man. <laughs> Holding up his hands in the last prayer to have his fate reversed, Scrooge watched as the phantom's hood shrunk, collapsed, and dwindled down into a bedpost. And the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his home to make amends. Scrooge ran to the window. He opened it. Sunlight flooded in. It was Christmas Day. Bells rang in the distance. Bells will be ringing. And Scrooge rushed to his clerk's humble home, carrying with him presents and rich foods and glad tidings for the entire Cratchit family. The entire family. Scrooge swore from that day forward. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. And Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, he was like a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a man, as the good old city knew. And so as Tiny Tim observed... And to all a good night. <laughs> ah, that never gets old. But hold on, wait, there's more. Hi, this is Pat St. Clair. I'm a producer with Closer Look with Rose Scott. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, and a blessed new year. Hey, it's Closer Look producer here, LaShawn Hudson. And to all the Closer Look listeners out there, thank you for your continued listenership over the years. And we'd like to wish you a joyous holiday season. May your spirits be bright. And may you thrive in the new year. And that is from me and my baby boy, RV. Hey, I'm Kevin Rinker, engineer for Closer Look with Rose Scott, wishing you happy holidays and a happy 2023 and a productive 2023 in which you can get everything you meant to get done this year checked off your list. Hey, this is Daniel Rizel, a producer for Closer Look, and I wanted to thank you for listening to Closer Look for yet another year. Have a very safe and happy new year and happy holidays from all of us here at WABE.
Kevin telling people not to be lazy. That's what you do it, Kevin. <laughs> That's it for this edition of Closer Look. A reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any others. Send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And if you missed any of today's program, it's online at wabe.org slash closer look. And of course, Closer Look weeknights at 7 p.m. as well as in our podcast. So subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. Season's greetings. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Yes, stay tuned to 90.1 WABE Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.